it is the 35th episode of Eurobash, and we're back in your ears and back in your minds. I am joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Mr. Noel McGrath, who had a sweaty weekend after watching <laughs> Leinster collapse in the in the, collapse? in the European Cup final against Saracens. An absolute joke of a performance. How are you, Noel? I'm good. Yeah, good weekend. I was, I, I, you know, disappointed, but it was always going to be between the two of those teams at the start of the year, and. Leinster threw away a few crucial opportunities at crucial they were times in the match. They were short. And um, I suppose you just have to hold your hands up and go, well done, Absolute sorry. Dirt. Yeah, yeah. Back next year. Shite. Um, and also, uh, Man City, which we t- speak to one of our guests, Brendan yep. Lochnane, about, um, you know, champions again. How does that make you feel? Yeah, at least it's, it's you know, we, as the big man upstairs says, you know, support thy neighbour, do not take thy neighbour's goods, <laughs> all that. So, so, we, so we, had to, we had to go for um, Man City over Liverpool. Um, we don't want Liverpool ever winning the league title ever. So, yeah, listen, I'm happy to that extent. It's the sort of the worst of the two to win the league. But still, as a United fan and seeing what happened after the match on Sunday with Paul Pogba and the fans, you know, um, it's a club that's in probably... Peril. Um, yeah, no, like I, you know, I've been a Manchester United supporter since I was eight years of, of, of age. And they've never supported you. And yes, that is true. And... It's just a shambles. It's the worst state Manchester United has probably ever been in as a football club. My favourite thing about football at the moment is just watching your Twitter feed. Um, disgusting. Was well, I, think you... I've, I think I've re-found the fire in my belly yeah. after seeing all those arseholes succeed. Can I just ask you about the disgusting comment you mentioned about Liverpool's yeah. historic <laughs> comeback win? Yeah, um, I think you said something along those lines of, fuck football, disgusting. Fuck, and, disgusting, fuck football. Yeah, Um do you retract that statement? Or no, is that-, that was just that night and that moment. It, 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 but it brought out the passion in me. The, the old dog is back. The, the, <laughs> the, the seven-year season ticket holder in Old Trafford is back. So listen, very frustrating times. But as I said during the week, if the Manchester United players that are at the club now, they see Manchester City, they see Liverpool succeeding. If they can't get motivated and want to play for Manchester United, get the fuck out of the club. Well, Simple as that. All right, I've got another bit to talk to you guys about. Um, why aren't you reviewing our podcast on iTunes? That's a joke. I mean, it. lads. We went through hell and high water to get this done. Every week, you are pissing us off. This podcast we release. Great guests, as always. You're going, oh, why is not on iTunes? We did it. All right? We did it. We did that for you. For you, we did that. We, lots of tears, lots of blood, and other things that I don't want to talk about. But get your act together. Get yeah, the thing you got it. You, listen, by you guys doing that, it helps us out. We've, we've, done, we've gone on, on out there. And it's been a pain in the ass for PT to get that on. And he's gone and done it. So get the bloody reviews there and, you know, share and all that good stuff or we'll just we'll just stop doing it. We'll just implode. <laughs> but, um, yeah, obviously we talked about football and uh, rugby at the start there as we like to get Niall's thoughts as a as an avid fan and possible uh, starting lineup member of the Irish squad someday. The World Cup. Yes, um, but let's have a look at what happened last week in MMA because it was a bit of a doozy. We had Bellator 2-2-1, we had PFL, the regular season, and we had, of course, UFC 237. Uh, Jessica Andrade dethrones Rose Namajunas with a violent, violent slam. Um, I'd like to hat tip to Sean Denny for pointing out that Rose is of Lithuanian descent, so we need to start covering her more. We will yeah, do that. That's true. Uh, Patricio Pitbull dethrones Michael Chandler with a controversial stoppage uh, for a different reason. We'll get into that later. Uh, Michael Venom Pages uh, loses his first ever professional fight in MMA. It was another spectacular finish, uh, this time by Diego Lima. A lot of people felt like he would come up against his toughest challenge, and that proved to be true, but he did quite well, if you ask me. Um, 
uh, from PFL, Magomed Magomed Karimov uh, beats John Howard, and Sadabusoy takes a 17-second finish of David Machad. Um, finally, Brendan Lochnane's Dana White Tuesday Night Contin- Contender Series debut has been announced. It was first broke by Nolan King of Flow Combat, I think last month, uh, but finally during the 237 broadcast, they announced it. Very unexpected news yesterday for us. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Tom Duke and was retirement. That came out of left field, man. Big time, yeah. I'm pretty shocked. I think by reading it, I think we both sort of chat last night about what we thought of the, um, the Instagram post that Tom put up. And we've obviously interviewed Tom, you know, numerous amount of occasions. Lovely guy, such a gentle um, person, really good character. But yeah, I think you know, as you said to me last night, if your heart's not in it, you know, don't, it, don't it, do it. Don't do it. And we, you know, that will always be my take in mixed martial arts. You know, once a guy starts having those doubts, get out, of, get out of the game. And I think by looking at what we've seen. Today as well, I think Tom is very much focused on coaching the traditional mixed martial arts and the mindset. Um, that traditional seems, didn't look quite traditional in them uh, posts on Instagram. I tell you, yeah, well, it was it was very very yeah untraditionally traditional aligning unless, chakras and what have you. Yeah, um, um, yeah, yeah, it's but interesting. Listen, great guy and uh, you know fantastic talent. It is sad, fighter. but as you said, your heart's not in it, man. It, you know, don't. It's it's a brutal and unforgiving sport. Yeah, absolutely. Cage Warriors have announced Cage Warriors 107 at Liverpool's Exhibition Centre on September 28th. Uh, also announced Cage Warriors 109 at Birmingham's Resorts World Arena on October 26th. Cage Warriors 108 in Cardiff will be taking in be, taking place in between those on October 12th. Um, we also have um, Choi Lewis Parry and John Jones getting into a fitness expo last yeah. week. I mean. Joe Lewis Perry isn't a man you want to see coming at you. Like he's six foot nine, he's a he's got a very good kickboxing yeah, record. I wouldn't like to see Jonesy coming at me. No, no. But, um, he's heated, man. Joe Lewis Perry's never let go of that whole situation that happened with DC. Obviously, yeah. like I mean, everybody I talk to sings his praises. Says he's a lovely guy. So to see him so worked up is a. Uh, that's good. Quite a shock to some people. Don't think that UFC contract's coming just no, yet. No, 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 I don't think so. But um, fun nonetheless. Uh, Brian Moore. And Joe Warren, is it going to happen? You spoke to Brian earlier this week. Yeah, I think it is. And uh, by all accounts, it's just with Joe Warren now to... to he seems game, though. He's tweeted about it. Everyone's talking yeah, about no, it. Yeah, definitely. So I think, you know, in terms of uh, what the US or Bellator want to do um, is get it booked. Um, they're very keen, according to Brian. Very good. Um, so, yeah, listen, it is. It's one of those fights where it'll get Brian to the next level. I think what they should do with that fight here, obviously Joe, you know, being a former two-weight world champion um, in terms of being Bellator, um, featherweight and bantamweight. It's a really, really big name for Brian. Obviously, you know, Joe is the force that he used to be. He's 42 years of age. These are the fights we want to see, though, in terms of we want to see the Irish talent pitted against experienced names in Bellator. That's what we want to see. Exactly. This would start, if Brian was to get a win here, it starts a a push and a leap in those rankings up towards that world title where Brian wants to be. And listen, it's a really good fight for fans here as well. I think, you know, a really good co-main event slot in Dublin. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't be uh, disagreeing with you on that one. Um, also, Ali Akbari, the ACB champion, um, who you know seemed like it signed for UFC last week. It seems like that yeah, is not happening now. Um, ACA have blocked it, saying he's still contractually obliged to ACA. So we're going to be interesting to see that one develop. Oh yeah, and it's fun staying around contracts with those lads as well. <laughs> we've, we've seen it happen in the past. You know, they're not the easiest of uh, contracts to get out of. So. That's going to be interesting to see how that pans out as well, PT. Can I just say to you as well, did you see Peter Quigley's post about Chris Bungard? What yeah, was that all about? I don't know what that was about. They, they trained together once in SBG. Like um, I, Chris has been over there a good few times as far as I know, you know? Yeah, I, really I don't, don't see know. the point. I just didn't see the point in putting out a picture of 
Chris Bungard in a train station when you're going to fight Terry Brazier. Now, I get that they have fought yeah, before, yeah. but I don't know if there's something more to that. I think there is, but why would you do it otherwise? There was there was a statement there. He He's saying something in terms of, you know, look what I've done to this guy. And I think it's a bit bad when you're in a training situation to put yeah. that out. You know, it's I wouldn't be done. a fan of that. We got so that's why, I see, that's why I assume that something else is at play there. Yeah. Um, I don't really understand it. There is. Maybe he's he's planting seeds for a future fight. Yeah, but I mean something else, like as in something happened that would make him put that up. Um, well, I don't really understand what it is. Just the fact that he isn't welcome back to SBG. Yeah, well, maybe, so- maybe he's working with Terry now. I don't know. You know, Chris Bungard could be over working with, with, with Terrence Brazier. I'm not sure, man. I, I really don't know. And I, it was. It was an odd one. Like, I wouldn't... I got so many phone calls. Like, just like, what's going on there? I was like, I don't know. I wouldn't be happy if, if someone was, was putting training pictures of me up on social networks. No. Not even me, like, doing a few dumbbells. That would be... That would be probably yeah. bad for my brand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, just one more thing. Uh, something you've been talking about quite a lot over the last few years. Tony Ferguson has finally parted yeah. the ways of Paradigm, of course. Conor McGregor's management company. Um, and nearly immediately has this big fight booked with um, Donald Cerrone. I mean, do you see this as a positive move for Tony? Uh, massively positive. I think, you know, signing with the Ballinger group and the guys who he's with um, now... We've seen that, you know, he, he literally signed him about a week ago. Uh, it was announced he signed him a week ago. Yeah. And three days later, he's a fight. We saw in the past, you know, I remember speaking to him, as I said to you there, um, at UFC 216 Media Day in the McGregor Mayweather build up. Uh, the UFC had that Media Day the same week because they knew a lot of mixed martial arts media were there, whatever, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, and, you know, Tony was very vocal. I asked him that question. You know, he wasn't happy about it. He goes, you know, sometimes, you know, I have to coach my Don't mind. ask me that fucking question. Just like <laughs> they have to coach me. So listen. <laughs> And, you know, we heard the rumours, obviously, in the build-up to Tony's last fight that, you know, he wasn't spending or doing a lot with his management team. It's obviously become untenable. And uh, I think Tony's been pushing, looking for that McGregor fight. There was no updates, nothing happening. It was always an issue for me. And now I think, you know, Tony's with these guys. He's going to try and uh, push on and look for that McGregor fight if he can get over Donald Cerrone, which I expect him to do. Then who is Conor McGregor left with? Do you expect him to sit this out now, wait for these fights to play out? Yeah, 100%. You know... We looked at these fights. We, you know, it, obviously it's it's going to be Dustin Poirier um, getting the title shot now against Habib and Abu Dhabi. Then we roll on and we've Tony Ferguson against Donald Cerrone. You know, and then we came out on, you know on Sunday evening or Saturday night and we have Nate Diaz returning against Anthony Pettis. That's who I thought Conor was going to fight. And once I saw that, I was like, no, Conor's not going to fight anyone here. He's going to wait till the end of the year. Um, if you know we even do see him back. Um, so I do think it's going to be second or sorry last quarter of the year for Connor's return, and um, it's just weird how it's going to play out because we've had so much fecking messing around in this division. We're finally seeing fights now that we want to see, that we've craved to see, and then there's no Conor McGregor in the mix. It's just a bit of weird. It just feels weird, but I think something's going to happen. In the, you know, maybe Habib or Poirier winner makes sense. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> just finally, a few fights added to uh, the Cage Warriors 106 Night of Champions card. Um, Ian Gary is back in action. That oh, Irish back. prospect that's got the streets talking. Um, he's taking on Teo Adunjo, um, who's, I believe he's t- uh, 2-0. and um, So that's a good test for him. Uh, Morgan Sherrier, who we saw fight Sarum back for the interim featherweight title, came up um, short in that fight. He's actually fighting Lewis Monarch, which I think is going to be a really, really good Lewis fight. Monarch's a good fighter. And uh, finally... Uh, Jabib Rahman uh, versus Josh Onwardy has been announced for that fight as well. I can't wait for that. Only six title fights. It's going to be absolutely insane. I'm um, really, really looking forward to that card. But first, 
Um, our first guest of the afternoon, of course, is uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Uh, Stephen Thompson, not from Europe, but the conversation was very European-driven. We are talking a lot about Darren Till, about Raymond Daniels' fantastic KO at uh, Bellator Birmingham a couple of weeks back. And uh, we were talking about when he wants to get back. And great to see this kind of approach. And when, when we first heard from Stephen after that fight, he was talking to Luke Thomas about getting back in in June. So it's good to hear him say, like, maybe maybe I should take that time off and, and, and take the time to fully heal. Very interesting guy, an absolute gentleman, one of the greats. Uh, a pleasure to speak to Stephen, Wonderboy Thompson. And we'll be back in about 10 minutes. I am honoured to be joined by one of the greatest strikers who has ever donned the octagon, Mr. Stephen, Wonderboy Thompson. How are you, my friend? And thank you so much for joining us. Oh, doing great, my friend. I appreciate you having me, man. Definitely my pleasure. I, I got to say, Stephen, um, your reaction to your last loss against Anthony uh, Pettis, it really, really was amazing. Um, you know, the fact that you got online, you were all smiles, you, you talked about it so openly. You were on my colleague Luke uh, Thomas's podcast uh, just a couple of days after it. Um, is this something that you did consciously? Like, are you aware that, you know, so many people are watching you? Are you are you Are you trying to present yourself to like you know how you want to be i know you teach martial arts how 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 you feel your students should be Do, are you conscious of that when you're kind of reacting in that way uh oh you know what i, I am and I, I think it it's just who i am uh, as a person as well i mean you know uh i've never been knocked out before you know and and it was something that you know was bound to happen i guess when you're in the sport long enough it's it's bound to happen you know and um, and I think nine times out of ten with that fight, I, w- I would win. But I think that's what makes this this the the this fight sport so exciting because you never know. But I, have, I remember, you know, being in the hospital. My dad had me on Facebook Live, and I think everybody just kind of want to know how I felt afterwards. And you know, I was all smiles, man. And um, you get your ups and your downs. And normally, I'm on the other side of that, knocking my opponents out. Of course, <laughs> yes. you know, uh, it was not to happen before it was me. But uh, yeah, man, I, I knew I got I got 600 kids back home watching every move I make, and you know wanted to be a good example for them as well, knowing that hey, you got your wins, you got your losses, but you got to take those weeks as well and keep on moving forward. It's fantastic to see, and, it, and it's a you're you're a fantastic tonic for what's happening in the sport at the moment. I think a lot of people feel like if they are more outrageous, they make more money and they gain more acclaim, but you're a perfect example of a guy who's been at the top of the sport for as long as you've been in it. And, and you, the way you carry yourself is absolutely exemplary. Oh man. Thank you very much, man. I really do appreciate it. And, you know, I think that's what, um, being a martial artist is all about. You know, you do got those guys that talk a lot, talk a lot. And, you know, I understand they're doing it for a reason to hype the fight, but then you get these guys who do it and you can tell they're trying too hard. You know, I don't think it's, it's them, you know, and people can kind of pick that up pretty quick. I mean, if I started talking trash right now, people would just tell me to shut up. That's, <laughs> not, that's not you, Steven. You know, just be quiet. But uh, number one, I'm not good at it. But two, that's just not who I am. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, you know, I know uh, as a man you have dealt with this so well. But, I mean, is there any physical or, or like, mental um, issues trying to come to terms with that as a guy who's you know competed in striking his whole life like is there any is there any kind of um reluctance when you go to spar again or anything like that or do you feel like you've put this behind you and you're able to march forward yeah man i mean i, I know it's happened you know it wasn't that long ago where i was in the octagon but you know I, i'm i'm taking my time taking it slow you know i'm 36 years old and 
I haven't taken a whole lot of damage, but, you know, I want to, next time I step out in the octagon, I want to make sure I'm 100%. I've known guys and uh, who've been knocked out and then, you know, back out there too soon. And next thing you know, they barely get clipped and then they're out again. And, uh, you know, I just want to make sure I'm fully healed and I'm taking the full time that the doctors gave me to heal up and, um, you know, and just making sure that, you know, I'm 100% when I step out there. But everything's good. You know, I'm feeling great. I It was a few weeks ago I had another CT scan, and everything came up, you know, negative. Everything was, was great. Brilliant. So, but just want to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm ready before I step back out there. Yeah, I can remember when you were speaking to Luke. Like, I mean, you were still thinking about the Greenville event in June, right, at that stage. I mean, is that off the cards now? Like, it does seem like a like quite a quick turnaround, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. And that's June 22nd. And um, unfortunately, I've been working very hard to get the UFC to come to my hometown, but I don't think I'm going to be on that card, you know. I think everybody here knows. I'll let them know that I'm not going to be on the card, but it's going to be a packed-out show anyway. I'll be there supporting the fighters and hanging with the fans. I mean, it is, though. It's the right decision, right? You've got to do what's best for your career. Like, you see guys sometimes, you know, they're rushing to get back just to be there, just to be at that kind of event. And I think that's a that's a, an incredibly sensible decision, to be honest with you. Oh, well, thank you, man. I got a, I got a, I keep a small group of people, you know, a small circle around me, of people who, you know, that are in my best interest. And um, I've seen it so time and time again where you get these fighters just, you know, having the wrong, uh, wrong-minded people around them, and you know, next thing you know, they're doing things they shouldn't be doing, and they get hurt or get caught doing something, you know, illegally. Mm-hmm. So I got a group of great people around me, my family being my strongest supporters. So you know, I listen to them. My dad's my coach, so whatever he says goes. I got to say, there is some crazy MMA math being done. Um, considering what's going on in the division. i got to get your take on uh, Masvidal and Till because, I mean, it, it was a shock to a lot of people over here, but having been in, in there with both of those guys, Stephen, was this all that surprising to you? you no, know, you know what? Both of those guys are, are you know, some the best fighters in the world, which a lot of people just don't understand. You get the average fan just watching these guys fight. They don't understand that these are the best fighters in the world right now. And I, I actually predicted, you know, obviously Darren Till was winning the fight. I expected him, you know, you know, for him to do what he was doing in the first round, you know, all five rounds. But then again, this is the sport we live in, and um, anything can happen. You know, he just got caught, just like I got caught. You know, I was beating Anthony Pettis, and I know I could have, you know, nine times out of ten defeated him. You know, and. It's just that one time you barely get clipped and down you go. So, yeah, man, I, I had Darren Till was going to win that fight, but, you know, Masvidal ended up putting it on him. But then, he, then again, Masvidal is a veteran of the game. So you got to be ready at all times, just like Anthony Pettis is. He's very good. He's been out there with some really good people. Um, you know, he's a veteran as well. So you got to watch out, man. And in this game, anything can happen. Like, for example, Michael Bisping beating Luke Rockhold. I thought Luke Rockhold, and everybody thought Luke Rockhold was going to go out there and just smoke him. Mm. And Luke Rockhold got clipped. 
Absolutely, yeah. No, that's a, that's a perfect example. And and I was wondering if you noticed uh, Jorge in the lead up to it. He was adamant that he could not allow this to go to the judges because he kept on saying, you know, look what happened to Wonderboy when he came over here. And that's an opinion that's shared by a lot of media members over here that were there that night. You know, a lot of people thought you won that fight, and we heard from y- your father. Um, afterwards quite a bit and he kind of said the same like i mean do you still feel as though you won that fight i know a lot of people do yeah i mean when i go back and look at it i do feel that i won it but it's nothing that really sits on me you know uh whatever happened happened and the only thing i can do is keep moving forward but uh yeah you know i I really do think i went out there and put on a show put on a good show and enough to, to get that win but hey man it goes to show you can't leave it in the judges' uh, judges' hands sometimes, you know. But um, it's it's behind me, and I'm I'm ready to move forward just like this fight with Anthony. But uh, you know, hats off to my man Darren Till, and hopefully he's taken his last loss. Hopefully he's taken it well. I I know he got into some trouble not too long ago, and um, hopefully, um, you know, he's learned from it. You know. Is is that a fight you still want back, uh, Stephen? I know it's a fight that a lot of people would like to see again, and you know you're you're kind of in similar situations now. Like, would that be something you'd entertain? I know I'm not talking about right now. Obviously, I don't think Darren's in any rush to get back in there straight away. But is that something you'd like to settle the score with if that was a possibility in the future? Oh yeah, man, definitely. You know, you know, I'm a fighter and, and would love to step back out there in the octagon and do it again with my man Darren Till. Uh, I thought we we uh, uh, you know put on a show last time, so yeah, of course, man, I would I would love to. Yeah, and to be honest with you, any any one of those guys that I've stepped in the octagon with, man, you know, um, you know, Darren Till and Anthony Pettis, Tyron Woodley, obviously, would love to step back in the octagon with those guys. I mean, with Till in particular, does that make sense right now? Like, is that me misreading this? Or, or like, I mean, if we're looking a few months down the line, if you, you guys were to be matched together, like, would that would that make sense to you? Or would would it be a different opponent on your radar at the moment? Well, no, I'm, I think it kind of, it kind of would, you know, anybody that's in that top, in that top five, I would want to definitely step back out in the octagon with, you know? So if that happens, heck yeah, I mean, we're both coming off of a knockout loss and, you know, you never know if things could possibly, you know, line up that way. So, yeah. It's um, it's interesting now with everything that's changed in the division. Like, I mean, did you have, uh, did you pick Woodley to win that fight against Usman ahead of it? I know, I think 90% of people did, really. It, it's, a lot has changed, right? Oh, man, tremendously. I mean, for a little while there, the, the welterweight division was kind of stagnant because, you know, that whole debacle with Tyron Woodley and, Colby Covington and Usman, we weren't really sure who was going to be fighting for the title next. So nobody was really taking a whole lot of fights. You know, it was kind of stagnant. Now, mm-hmm. you know, that Usman won, and then you got Masvidal knocking out Darren Till. Now Anthony, you know, Anthony Pettis knocked out me. The, the, the division's kind of crazy right now. So I actually had thought Tyler was going to win. But, mm-hmm. you know, Usman really put on an excellent performance um, out there. So I don't, I don't, I don't think that the same-minded tyrant that I faced uh, faced Usman. For some reason, he just felt kind of off. Yes, I agree. Uh, in that fight. And almost like he didn't want to be out there, you know? Mm. I don't know if his mind was somewhere else. You know, I know he's doing. He's trying to pursue his rap and music thing, and I, I, I really don't know. But that said, I mean, Usman did exactly what he said he was going to do, and he put on a... He really... 
went out there and took it to tire. It was fantastic. And I, I must ask you, um, you know, there was a viral knockout on our shores there last week by Raymond Daniels, a man who you hold a victory over as far as I know in, um, in striking over the years. Did you see that? And what do you think of that? What does your expert eye have to say about that? That was awesome, man. That was a really good performance from Raymond Daniels. I mean, the guy is, he is, he's a, he's a, he's a walking highlight reel. If you've ever gone back and watched some of his WCL or his Bellator, I mean, the guy's very flashy and he's actually an older guy, but he does, he doesn't look like it. He doesn't fight like it at all. Mm. Um, man, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting to see some good things from Raymond Daniels. Well, right. And just, just finally, Stephen, I mean, you've said that Greenville is an option. When would you best like to be back in there? Like, I mean, if you if you had your say, I mean, do you even know yet, or, or is there a date you kind of have in mind? There's not really a date, but hopefully, um, you know, uh, this year, hopefully this year we'll be stepping back out there. Maybe September or October. Um, would love to fight at Madison Square, Madison Square Garden again if that happens. So uh, there's a you know there's a lot of opportunities. Uh, the year's not over yet. So hopefully you you know you'll see me back in there this year. Stephen, thank you so much for talking to me today. I really really appreciate it, man. You're always a gentleman. My brother, I, I appreciate it, my friend, and, and hopefully we can do this again sometime. Absolutely, man. I can't wait to see you back in there. All the best, and thanks again, man. Yes, sir. You have a good one, my friend. Bye, bye. Thank you very much to Stephen Thompson. A pleasure to speak to Stephen. Um, one of the more I thought you again, brother. He is. He's a nice <laughs> a guy. Isn't I love he? Stephen. Yeah, I've chatted to Stephen loads over the years, and um, just a top gent and some fighter. What would you like? Now, just, just before we move on, would you like to see that tail fight again? If tail staying at one seventy, makes sense. For yeah, me. but do 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 the fans get behind that because they don't like chess matches like happened with, with Till and Wonderboy the first time as I said I was there and it was very yeah. tense to watch it was actually a really 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 good fight to watch when you were there I thought it was great in the TV and people were moaning about it oh they never stopped pissing and moaning uh, but I did have to fight to Wonderboy uh, yeah and I said that to him actually during the, the that must grade on him but I mean I know a lot of journalists had it for him now I, I didn't really as I talked to you about that fight afterwards I wasn't really pushed one way or the other I wasn't going to say I don't think it's a robbery either way here whoever wins like no one's going to be getting upset about it because it was so close um, but um, you know maybe it is the, like when you think about it both these guys are coming off knockout a, losses I think that was a, a false pretense for Darren as well I don't think that was the best thing that ever happened in Darren's career just rush him through we, then we talked about that you know Darren being elevated up into that main event status in his hometown, yes. when you probably should have put him over to the States and had a fight first. We always talked about Because he that. had Dansk and then this, right? Exactly. Should have, you know, fed him over to the US. Well, maybe know, this is a good time to get him over for, to the US now. Yeah, but I think maybe they've, 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 they've maybe damaged Darren's stock of what he potentially could have been maybe. by throwing him to the Wolves too quickly. And, uh, you know... I remember speaking to Darren here a day before that fight was announced, or a few days before that fight was announced here in Dublin. And Darren was, you know, Darren was even, you know, I don't really deserve a shot yeah. against Woodley. So, yeah, Remember listen, that, Darren? You know, it's going to be interesting what happens with Tilly next. And, and, you know, I just hope his head's okay and he gets everything together and takes that time off. As we said, and I think it has to be that move to 185, seriously. I think it just it translates a lot better. Like, he's a big, big dude as well, man. Mm, mm. It'd be interesting to see. But I'd, I'd, just, see I'd, I'd watch Wonderboy again, like, do you know yeah. what I mean? I would. Well, it's all about down. what he wants to do. I mean, like... As I said, as soon as he brought in Owen Gallagher, yeah. uh, Darren, like, I mean, has cut the 170. He looked great yeah, in like, London, in fairness. You know, he looked fresh as a daisy when we were speaking yeah, about the media day, day before the weigh-in. Yeah, with his lovely new teeth. Yeah, he's beautiful teeth. Um, yeah, so let's have a look at what happened last week. UFC 237, um, 
you know, the finish itself for Andrade v Rose Namajunas, we had uh, quite a few people from outside of the MMA sphere kind of talking about this in Ireland. It's one of those things yeah, that, you know, when people from outside MMA see a finish like that, they're like, this is a disgrace. But, um, yeah, you know, if you're defending a submission when someone's going for a takedown. Um, yeah, a number of colleagues I work with, you know, I'm constantly sort of defending So you're MMA going for a submission, sort of say, sorry. And, yeah, they were picking it up on as well. It's always the controversial sort of... Yes. Aesthetically. Yeah, I don't. You see, I, I can't see a problem with this because, as as we say, and I think Dave Doyle, uh, my former colleague now at MMA Junkie, and Kaposa did a good point, uh, had a good point of kind of sharing this. It's like, you know, nobody was kind of saying, get rid of this when Askren yeah. and Lawler happened. And then we see it happen. <laughs> you said that to me and you are yeah, right. You yeah. are right. And um, No, but like, you know, it's not like, I looked at that instantly, saw the reactions and, and came to a conclusion. Yeah. I was kind of building it over the day. Um, you know, it's Rose defending a takedown with a submission attempt. And, and, and you know, some people were kind of saying to me, um, oh, it's kind of disappointing that, you know, Rose can put on such a masterclass, which he did in the first round. It was a fantastic jab, straight kind of game. And mm. her footwork was beautiful. Um, and they're like, well, then, and then, you know, Andrade can just come in and bulldoze through her and win. But that's a, that's a fight. She made, she made a huge adjustment. Yeah. on that takedown from the first round if you remember I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. I can remember um, and I think someone on the commentary team said this and was perfect because when that happened in the first round and she managed to defend the single leg takedown with the Kamara trap I was going what the hell is this girl going to be able to do to Rose and then she makes the adjustment um, I believe it was Dominic Cruz who pointed out put the head in the outside this time in the second round and, and managed to get the leverage and the slam you know it, it's devastating for Rose she fought so brilliantly in the first round you know there was there was a clear momentum shift there obviously that's the beauty of this sport though yeah and you know I had to clear with you yesterday I wasn't 100% sure in the spike reel yeah. I looked at it slowed it down a few times and then Sean Wheelock also said what you said to me yeah. Sean Wheelock tweeted, tweeted that out obviously Sean was one of the guys who put together the, the unified reels yes um, so you have to have your legs you have to be basically pointed towards the ground and someone drive you into yeah. it if it has an arc where the person is flipped mid-air that's aces are wild in that case. And Rose was obviously, you know, the arm bar trying to get that it locked in still. Um, yeah, it was just, it, it was just, it was uncomfortable to watch. It was. Mm. But maybe, should but there so be are a lot of brutal knockouts, you know? I know, yeah. Should there be an adjustment on that rail? No. No. I, I think they might have to look at it. I, why? Because. Why it, now? Because Rose Namajunas got slammed in her head. No, I just think in general, because I think we're going to see a bad accident someday where someone's going to actually break their neck in well, that sort of situation. And I think, unfortunately, with combat sports, we're going to see a lot of unfortunate things. That's that's I a given. I totally understand that. That's a given. But I mean, we're you, going to see people. You like, can minimise them mm. to a certain extent, and I think maybe if they change so that up slightly, ban takedowns. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying just in in that sort of position where the head is going and. You know, it was so just, where do you it, stop it though? If you're the referee, exactly. Yeah, but that's it. We we maybe that Kamara trap is illegal. Can't okay. use that when you're defending a takedown. Okay. Okay. No, no, no. I I just think it's it's like where? How do you enforce a rule like that? I think it's nearly impossible. Um, no. Where do you stop that fight if you've enforced a rule? Then where do I stop it? Yeah. What What do you mean? Where like do I stop where? It? Like say if this rule is in place. Yeah. And that sequence, that finishing sequence happens. What happens? She gets disqualified. Wow, that's fucking rough. That is <laughs> ridiculous. A, it sounds ridiculous because she's—it's technique. But if the rule was different and she did it, uh, and if that was illegal, but what, she would be disqualified. So that's you'd make point. illegal. What would be illegal? I don't know. Well, then, you, well, no, that's no, the no, end of that chapter. No, 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 no. There's, way, there's <laughs> ways you can you can do it. Um, right. 
I, I don't know what way, but <laughs> I'm sure there's something that we can come up with that would be a little bit more um, sufficient. But yeah, listen, it was Rose's fault anyway, to be honest with you. If she if she had to let go of the grip, she's probably going to land in a different way and she could readjust her body. So uh, it, Yeah, it, it and is, that, that was a tough one because is. when she landed at the first one, she was underneath her, yeah. nearly had an arm bar. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's, it's like she probably said, this is what's going to happen. Confused yeah. from the first one and the second one. Right, but... Yeah, if she if she has let go of her grip there, she can obviously adjust her head on the way down. Break her forward her arms. She, yeah, exactly. You break her forward her arms or, you know, move um to the other side, put her weight in her other side. So yeah, I, I understand that. So listen, yeah, Rose, Rose your fault. I've retracted <laughs> retracted statement. Uh Anderson Silva, it seems like his body can't really keep oh, up. Oh man, I'm annoyed with, his, with this. With his need to compete. Like he obviously wants to yeah. compete, but his body I'm is, annoyed with forty four years of age and that the legs have been trouble for Anderson for listen, a long time. Listen, I think it's disrespectful. He he comes out and he says, Oh, I popped my knee out three times um, in the fight camp. Listen, mate, you're 44 years of age. Pull out of a fight if your knee's popping. I don't care whether it's in Rio, whether it's in Dublin, whether it's in Switzerland, wherever. You pull out of the fight. It's not fair in your opponent. John, Jared Cannon here. He got booed. Got, which was absolutely disgraceful. And he caused that injury. Fans. He caused that. Exactly. He inflicted it, that it, damage. It was the kick. But Anderson Silva's coming out saying all these excuses afterwards, mate, you should not be getting in there if your knee's popping out three times. Once he needs to get Steven enough, Seagal back in his corner. That's it, 100%. He needs to get Seagal but back. It, it's very frustrating, and I do generally feel sorry for Jared Carnier because I don't think people understand how tough it is to go out to Brazil. And I remember speaking, I'll, I'll, I'll name him, I think he's admitted it before, Paul Felder went out and fought Francesco Trinado. He said he'd never fight in Brazil again yeah. just because of the abuse he sustained coming and, and out. And Jared has his luggage lost, everything uh, before he went over there. He had a nightmare. Th- that's what I mean. And to put on a performance like that, and I was actually quite disgusted listening to that commentary and and that fight afterwards um just getting booed zero respect it's not what the sport's about let the guy speak he's done nothing wrong you know it's your um countryman it's your fighter there that shouldn't have not been in the octagon that night absolutely i think he should retire as well sorry jose aldo was very underwhelming in his fight against alexander volkanovsky um volkanovsky was was very very good i was surprised to see jose aldo kind of lifting his hands at the end he never got gone yeah he he didn't leave first gear i completely agree with you um but can i ask you about something that I really don't understand. Right, so Volkanovski, these what, 17 fights in a row, yeah. seven with the UFC, uh, a win over Aldo. Why are people talking about Frankie Edgar could be the next one to fight for the title? I think because it's opened itself up again. But that, but he's, yeah, no, he's I, on a one-fight winning streak. Yeah. He's lost twice to Aldo. I know, I agree. And you're going to put him in a, a title fight against Holloway? What the? Like, am I going mad to think that when I'm seeing that, I'm like, mm. what the hell? I've seen journalists saying, who should get the next shot? Alexander Volkanovski or Frankie Edgar? What? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think Frankie's... Um, a couple more fights away from getting a getting a title shot again. Mister unnecessary title shot himself, like yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, so you know Volkanovski as well. I just want to touch on on his performance. I thought it was a very very clever performance. Clinical, clinical, very you know brilliant stuff from Eugene Berman again. Maybe he was in, in charge of the the strategical approach of the fight. He probably could have got the finish if he'd have pushed further. But he was about getting going in there, getting the job done, getting a potential title shot as we said, and walking out of Brazil. Um, with that in his pocket, and I think he did that. So yeah. he, I think you have to give it to him. It's so impressive. If it's not him, it's a beat. Exactly. That's the way I see it. Like I don't, I don't. Where's Frankie Edgar coming into this conversation? I do. I think Frankie has to beat a uh, beat a couple of guys to to get back in the title conversation. Definitely. Uh, Bet Correa. Um, oh, sorry, uh, Loreno Starpoli got a got a good decision win over Thiago Alves, getting one back for Argentina against Brazil. There, fair play to him. Irene Aldana got a belly down submission over Bet Correa, who was back in action for the first time since 2017 and she came in six pounds over and I just I don't know if 
Beth doesn't it, offer an awful lot anymore. No, that's what I feel like. Yeah. I mean, she was just banking on that one punch all night. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, she connected with it a few times, but Aldana didn't look in trouble. Yeah, she's she's very lucky to be in the promotion still. You know, I think we look at the Jessica Eye fight as well, where, you know, I clearly had that fight in Cleveland, scored a Jessica Eye. Um, it's just been sort of that roller coaster sort of career, missing weight, you know, not impressive performances, you know, nothing really there for me, Pizzi. Uh, on the undercard, Ryan Spann got an uppercut win Brilliant over Nogueira. Uh, Diego Moises got a decision win over Kurt Holobu. Um Warley Alva has some serious leg kicks in that fight <laughs> against Sergio Moraes. How did he even last that long? Yeah. Um, Clay Guida v BJ Penn. Clay Guida wins. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Uh, Luana Carolina got a win over Priscilla Cachoeira. She looked very good, actually, Carolina. She did. Uh, uh, Barcelos with a win over I don't know how to say his name Carlos Hochin I believe and this was a controversial stoppage this is what I don't get everyone's talking about Chandler and Pitbull and I get that the title's on the line but you know how can you be so disgusted about one finish and then not even kind of talk about the other I don't understand it um, Arjo and Bernardo Arjo mm-hmm. gets the overhand right victory in the third round there but let's go back to BJ Penn here because we have a few things to say about this Um First of all, did you see Michael Bisping criticizing MMA Junkie because they wrote an article saying, like, um, BJ Penn is saying that he's trying to go for a title and it's cringeworthy, basically is what they said. It is cringeworthy. What are you talking about, BJ? Why is Michael Bisping, a guy who was meant to give his opinions on a show too, who actually has defended the right for him to say whatever he wants, why is he shitting on a publication for saying these kind of things? That That's absolutely their job. Crazy. It's 100% our job to say what we want to say and give opinions on fighters and who they should be fighting and who they shouldn't be fighting. And BJ Penn has no business being in the octagon for quite some time. Let's be honest, the guy hasn't won in, what, eight, nine years. Well, Sean Sheehan put up a stat there. Um, his last win came before Max Holloway made his UFC yeah. debut. That's fucking crazy. There man. you go. And the UFC have a big responsibility yes. here. And it, it hasn't been brought to light an awful lot. The UFC should not be entertaining this guy. And, and and we can we can you know if we look at some of the issues he has gone outside of the cage as well they've been very public um, against suspending other fighters in similar situations and I think that's a situation why is BJ Penn getting away with this as well I, you know sometimes the UFC and it's driven me mad for years is the lack of inconsistency and in forcing rules and disciplinary action on certain fighters and being so inconsistent about it it's pathetic and listen BJ you were great. But one of the greatest, uh, in his heyday, one of the greatest lightweights who ever competed. There's no doubt about that. But you know what? And I, I don't even want to say it because it kind of nearly gives people a crutch here. He looked brilliant in the first round. Compared to his other performance, he looked way better. Compared to what we've seen, Pete. Yes, yes. No, 100%. But and he, we haven't seen an awful lot. There was shades of the old BJ there for about two minutes. And then he was just completely knackered. Yeah, he was, he was gassed. And, you know, Clay Gee, the guy who doesn't get an awful lot of finishes, he's going to, you know, last for six days. He could bop that head around. <laughs> he's still fighting. Yeah, he's still probably <laughs> still running around, octagon. you know, jumping around his UV somewhere. <laughs> Listen, just, it's time. It is time. and Time is now. I don't think, you know, the fans should be entertaining it. Um, I don't think that we should even, you know, we even hardly talked about him last week. I think we mentioned him briefly. It's got to that stage where now it's sad and pathetic. And I think it just needs to come to an end. But here's the problem. If the UFC let him go, who's the first person picking up the phone? Scott Coker. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, and it will. I no, mean, it will happen. One hundred percent. Yeah. No, it was. It's definitely a weird one. Um, on to Bellator two two one. Uh, the finish of Michael Chandler has been uh, and Patricio Pitbull fight has been debated up and down. Uh, I feel like you know we have finishes that happen like this all the time. Um, yeah, but the, the finishes that happen like that, Pete. Now when he they, pops they, up, they, I they get it. Shouldn't be finishes. No, I get it. When he pops up like that, immediately you're going, well, look, he he's still there. 
Well, I think, look at the reaction the referee as well says a lot. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like um, Herb Dean. Um, it's kind of like that in that regard. But up until that finish, he gets dropped with a shot behind the ear. He goes down. The referee is coming from behind. All he can see is Pitbull's back. And it looks like Chandler's head's off to the side. He's not doing anything. He moves it slightly, but then you can just see the punches moving his head back yeah. towards his arms. Um, as soon as he comes in to touch him, Chandler's on the way up. And it's like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> it is, yeah. Listen, I... I I can understand. I can understand what the ref is going But, but it, obviously, but as it, I said, it was the wrong decision. If he gets up like that, you can't really, you know, yeah. that's it's uh, pretty obvious. Uh, I think it's the it's the it's the wrong decision. I think, you know, probably Bellator will be happy with this because they're going to have to give Chandler a rematch. Uh, probably one of the one hundred million rematches he's had. He's in his the career. Frankie Edgar of Bellator. Oh, he's had so many rematches. It's absolutely incredible the amount of rematches this guy's had. But yeah, um, he'll probably go and win the title again like he normally does. Takes a beating first of all. But listen. <laughs> You have to you give credit to Pitbull, two weight world champion. I'm just after dropping something there. Apologies, um, but yeah, two weight world champion, um, fantastic athlete, fantastic fighter. Eric Albrechtson's done a great job there with him. But yeah, you're just going like, where? Who was the next challenge for him? Bar Chandler in that division. It's it's they, they need some more stars, I think, in that division. Yeah, it makes sense to do the rematch, yeah, it really, does, doesn't it? it does. So they may as well. Um, AJ McKee looked very good as well. Got I a thought, lot of stick, man. Yeah, man. I'm just like, what, do you, what are you watching? That's this guy he, is, like, do they realise how hard this guy is to fight, man? He's like, he's, he's a legend, a Bellator legend. I tell you what, he's done very well off his back as well. A lot of people, um, you know, even though he was taken down by Corn, I believe it was the first time he's ever yeah. been taken down. He yeah, was brilliant off his back, career. elbowed the head off him, yeah. like really, really good. And yeah. um, so, yeah, he he's consistently Biggest, moving on. Longest unbeaten uh, win streak in Bellator history as well. And if Patricio isn't going to fight Chandler next, there's your 145 contender, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'd MV- like to see him have one more though. I would. I don't really care. Um, do it either <laughs> way. Um, MVP MVP uh, versus Diego Lima. We figured that this could be a bad night for him, but. It was a it was a devastating finish. He nearly caught him on the half volley. Yeah, it so was bad, he, he flicked it? out the the legs from underneath him. Uh, Michael Venom Page is on his way down, and when he's on his way back up to join the fray again, yeah. he gets hit with a monstrous Listen, uppercut. Fair play to Liam as well. You know he got clipped. He's a first savage. Of all. Yeah, that right hand and to recover back so quickly. And I tell you what, man, to have the brains and not to panic and to land so cleanly yes. and pinpointly on Venom Page's face yeah. was absolutely sensational. And uh, listen, a guy that. Could give Rory McDonald a lot of problems if they run that back again. Yeah, and I just want to say, like, I mean, a lot of people are saying, oh, he knocked him out, but that wasn't a conventional stand-up knockout. I mean, it was Michael Venom Page trying to get back to where he wants to fight, where he's standing, but he wasn't quite standing. <laughs> before. Yeah. Not, not that it was illegal, but yeah. it was just he was on his way back up and he ate that big uppercut. But I'd also like to say that MVP did a lot better than I expected in the grappling. Um, when he went to the yeah. ground, he, he completely neutralized Lima, which is no mean feat. He's a black belt. He's a savage on the ground. And he, he like, look, it wasn't the most exciting thing in the world, but he defended himself perfectly. And that's basically what you mm. want to do on the ground. It's something like what I imagine Connor was trying to do against yeah, Khabib. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the stand up again. Look, he completely neutralized him. I think credit where it's due. MVP did a lot better than I anticipated in the grappling situations there. It's going to be very interesting to see now what happens with MVP as well in terms of, you know, is he going to come out? What's he going to say? How is he going to react to the first loss? He already of his came career? out. Um, Both him and Nami Yunus were a credit. Yeah, Nami Yunus was excellent. In fact, I heard that. I didn't. What did Michael Van Page say? I didn't actually hear it myself. The post by press. He just talked about you know this is you know going to have life. to learn learn lessons. Like I mean, this is the thing. Losing in combat sports is inevitable. It's going to happen. Yeah, but the first loss is always the most interesting. Yeah. one to see how they bounce back. Rose has obviously lost before. We, we've seen what how she's bounced back. 
But I think with MVP, it's a little bit different because there was this air of invincibility around him. The king of Bellator never been beaten for so long. Mm. And then we see a guy just take his head off, literally. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be fascinating to see how his mindset bounces back and see how confident he's going to be coming down the road in, in the build-up to his next fights because he's always brash, arrogant, cocky, confident in his ability. And Someone's to basically like to me, see how should, he performs. Should he change the way he carries himself? Are you joking me, no, mate? No, you don't do that. That the whole reason you're watching him is that swagger, is exactly. that reason. It's the same thing with James Gallagher, all these guys. The reason why you're tuning in is is there is an element of their personality that resonates you well or wrong, whatever way it is, and you want to see them either getting beaten or winning. And another point is, you know, we've criticized Bellator for so many years, and obviously he had to, you know, yeah. start fighting. In the tournament was always going to happen. Yeah. Had to happen. You know, you can't avoid guys like that. But it's going to be interesting to see what Bellator do with him now to get him back up to possibly where they want to be, or are they going to just give him high-level opponents the whole time, which I think they have to do. Daily rematch. Um, do it. <laughs> so uh, TJ Jones, my new hero, didn't go well for him. No. Against uh, Jack Swagger, or what, Jack what, what, Jake Hager. What a walkout. Did you see the walkout? Yeah, unbelievable. Just having a little jiggy-jiggy and then going in. It's magic, just about his hands. business, Listen, man. Jake Hager was an absolute disgrace, and I fully agree the crowd for, for being him. Um, held on to that submission. I watched it back twice, three times yesterday. Six seconds, I believe it was, um, too late when the tap came. Um, just totally unnecessary. You want to be in this sport, mate. Um, you respect um, the officials and your opponent. Don't treat them like a piece of shit where you're going to hurt them more. I was very angry when I watched that yesterday. And a fair play to the crowd for getting on his back and the commentary team as well. I don't. I think Mauro Nalo did a really good job and John McCarthy of criticising him because it wasn't uh, a good look. Will this stand to him, though? This is what I'm going to say. No, like, well, how, no, how would it? Uh, because more people are now watching him going, they have an opinion on him. Maybe. And he's from the pro wrestling world where heat in any way, yeah. good or bad, is a good thing. Yeah, it's oh, more yeah, money. People are talking about it. Do you think he purposely did that to garner this kind of reaction and no, become the heel? I think maybe he realized after um, he'd held on to the submission for as long as he did um, that this was an opportunity once he heard the booze and he went into WWE mode. That, yeah. that's, that's what I think and realise oh let's let's sell myself here yeah and he's done a good job people are talking about him it was impressive again but who's he fighting man he's fighting a guy that was way over the, the heavyweight limit uh, about three weeks ago yeah. it's just you know and this guy this guy is you know has kids and yeah. you know he was talking about oh I'd lo- I want to buy a big outdoor swimming pool for my kids before I think wrong guy to do it to mate like yeah, you know he's fun. helping you here like you definitely know? and I think what Bellator he's putting you to over, do here, yeah putting you over the famous wrestling term yeah. But this ain't a work, bro. <laughs> it's a shoot. <laughs> whatever these yeah, things Yeah, I mean. don't even know a what that means. shoot and splat or whatever the fuck they call it. I don't know. But listen, no chance at the hell. end of the day, Bellator need to um, probably give him a drastic step up in competition. Yeah, that's two or whatever it is on the bounce and quick succession of fighting absolute cans. Um, interesting to see what we do. Clearly a very good wrestling ability. And uh, we, we did see that. Let, let, let's just call it how it is, man. They're not like, look at the I know, yeah, of the guy funny, that, that the, the terminology. But... They need to push him up a little bit now because he clearly does have a good wrestling ability. Yeah, no, he's class on the ground. Yeah. And even if you noticed, uh, he nearly walked back into TJ's guard at one point and he did a beautiful bit of movement yeah. just back around the side control. Little things like yeah. that will show you a lot about how good a grappler but, but he, is. But even like when the finish, just you know, stepping over, realising that he had to get there as well and transition over and locking in the arms for the, yeah. the choke was, was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we are going to go to our second interview of the day. It's one of the greatest KSW fighters to ever grace their cage, Mr. Michael Matera, the former middleweight champion, who is going to try and win that title again when he faces Scott Askham for the second time. If you remember their first meeting, Scott Askham uh, scored a beautiful body kick KO. 
Um, really, really beautiful performance. And they are going at it again at KSW 49 this weekend on Saturday. So make your, sure you're watching. We'll be back to talk about KSW 49, about the UFC card, and much, much more after this interview. I am now joined by one of the greatest fighters to ever grace the KSW cage, Mr. Michael Materla. How are you, sir? Hello. I'm good. Thank you. I'm already just waiting for the next Saturday. Yes, yes. And, and what a fight that is, the rematch with Scott Askham. Um, my first question, Michael, is about a tweet Martin Lewandowski put out just a couple of days ago. He said that before your first fight with Askham, a lot of the Polish people expected you to absolutely crush this guy. Um, it, is that how you felt as well ahead of that fight, or did you have a lot of respect for Scott? I always got the respect for my opponent. Doesn't matter do he already fighting KSW or not. Uh, I was I was knowing that Scott is a very good striker, and uh, I was know it will be not easy fight. And just he was better this day, but. Now I will be trying to make the different uh, the fight. The fight will be go different for sure. Yes, yes, and and I mean, you know, because so many Polish people expected you to win. Did you feel that affected your legacy at all when you lost to Scott? Mm, no, not really. No, because I I got some lose before and. Uh, I wanted to, to know the people, uh, they will remember me as a fighter who never quit and never give up. And uh, even sometimes make some mistake, even in the fight, I come back stronger. Yes, I have to say you looked amazing against Martin Zawada and Damian Janikowski. Um, do you feel like uh, that loss has made you even better? It has to be like this, you know. Mm. Always, I, I try to make, uh, I try to be after each my losing, come back with the more straight, more more uh, skills, more more tools in my my you know my body, and I I always be make the make some something new after my losing. Yes, yes. And how different do you feel now compared to uh, before your first fight with, with Scott? No, we changed a couple of things in uh, in my my game, for sure. I made three, three maybe even four, the very strong training camps. One was in, uh, two was in Poland, one was in United States, and one was in Mallorca. Lovely. And I tried to be as as much more, as much uh, prepared to the fight than I was before, you know. Whereabouts were you training in the U.S.? Sorry. Where were you training in the United States? I was, I was trained in one of the best uh, academy in the world, aka American Kickboxing Academy in San Jose. I was, I was many times before, and it was a good reason also to invite the guys one more time. Yes, yes. Uh, what a fantastic gym. It, it, this is something you say you, you've done a lot. Do you do this? Um, how many times have you been to AKA? 13, 14. Wow. Uh, I, try to be, I try to be two times a year, at least four or five weeks, you know, when I go, go there because it's a long trip and you've got so many good fighters there with uh, different styles. And I was learning a lot from, of course, the, the, all of the guys. 
special from the Kane, DC, Luke. They are amazing fighters and they they we know each other long time from till 2012 and we share our knowledge, you know, on the training always. That's amazing. I I did not know that about you, yeah. Michael. That's amazing. Um you know, when you when you look at AKA, obviously the first thing I think about is the fantastic wrestlers you just mentioned, uh, Kane, DC, and I know that you have fantastic grappling. Um, given how the first fight went against Scott, do you feel like um, you may use more uh, wrestling and grappling this time? You know, my my background is jiu-jitsu, and I always always uh, try to go go down with my opponents. But uh, of course, in some level. It's not so. It's not so easy to 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 put the guy to the ground, especially when he is a good feeling in the stand-up fight. In he's good striker, but uh, I know when we put down the 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 the, the fight will go from my, my side for sure because I am on very good good uh, grappling team in Poland from Berserker's team. My coach Baggy, he always preparing me. And uh, jujitsu, in in this is my my strongest side for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And and do you think um, Scott has earned the respect of the KSW fans? You know, he is. Um, you know, he has those two two uh, fantastic uh, kicks to the body he landed against uh, yourself and his and his last opponent. Do you feel like the Polish people um, they now respect him, even though they thought he was uh, he was a bit of a can when you fought him first time? Yeah, but uh, I, I think so. The the people they are, you know, always all the time learning the the fight, and mm. uh, he he is just the real fighter and uh, real sportsman for sure. Yeah. Yes. Maybe he sometimes he do make some trash talk, but this is uh, typical for typical for some of the fighters. But in my in my opinion, he's true warrior, and uh, that's the reason why the people like him, of course. And the, the Polish fans, they open for the for the fighters from from different ca- uh, countries, also, yeah. Mm. Yes, yes, and and you know, for I've, sure. I've got to ask you, Michael. I can remember in 2017 there was so much talk about you turning down the UFC and staying with KSW. Are you happy with that decision now, two years later? Do you feel like you made the right choice to stay with KSW? I always uh, they treat me uh, very good always and you know you have to you have to know my career was grow up in KSW yes. and of course I am happy especially they they make my they they go for the also they make in uh, competition in different countries and they they growing all the time the fans they they, they already make the big competition I, I cannot go I cannot I wasn't the fight on the stadium yes but it was very big show and very big organization that tricked me tricked me good and I am very happy about that I don't think the UFC understand how famous you guys are in Poland I don't think they understand how big KSW is in Poland do you get that feeling too I I didn't think about that, you know. Yes. 
Um, I, I just I I I'm more, more concentrating about myself than what thinking the other <laughs> other organization about the KSW. You know. Yes. Yes. Of course. Of course. Do you ever think about? how you would do against the guys in the UFC? Do you ever watch the fights? Uh, the middleweight division is uh, currently very exciting, but for a long time it wasn't. But do you, do you ever watch the, the, the fights and consider how you would do against the, the top fighters at, in the UFC's middleweight division? Of course. It's uh, just... Um, I was a couple of times main sparring partner of Luke Rockhold, yes? Yes. He was the UFC, UFC champion and... Uh, I hope so. Uh, he will be in the future, also. Yes. But yes. He got next fight with my with my homie with Daniel with uh, Jan Bahovic. Yes. And it's a difficult fight for me because I know uh, them each other, and I hope so. In this fight, Yannick will be better. But in the future, I like Luke very much, and I I just wish him the best and. Uh, it was good also uh, when I go to the AKA instead just the just this only technique. It was good for me for my mentally to yes. to, to compare me about the best fighters, you know. Yes, and I know that a lot of and Polish fans I, believe. I know my level is my level is no, my 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 skills and my levels. They are not worse than the, the guys, and it was very good for me. And when I was going after. To my fight, I was knowing I was started with the best guys in the world, in in their peak, you know. Yes, and I know a lot of Polish fans believe that you could go into the UFC and compete for that title. You know, I, I know a lot of people felt that way. Um, you know, do you agree with that? Mm, oh yes, but a lot of people will be sad also that I didn't fight. I will be not fighting in the KSW. And yes, so always, you know, it's always. It's always 50-50, you know? Yeah, no, 100%. And and as you were mentioning there about Jan Blachowicz, I feel like people are underestimating him a lot. Do you feel that way? I feel like people think that Luke is just going to run right through him, but I feel like Jan is a very serious challenge for Luke. Of course, he he deserved it for, for the fight. Especially he got five or six straight wins, yes? Yes. With the good guys, and he almost all the fights finished. Uh, before the last, uh, before the third round, third round was finished. Yes. Yes. He by is... submission or by by TKO, then he deserved it for what he has now the situation on, on his. And uh, it it is like you said about the underestimating. People, but, yes, for sure. But uh, in my opinion, because he is concentrated about the training. And the fighting, not about the, you know, make the uh, trash talking or some maybe filming on the internet. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> yes, yes, I know what you mean. That, that is the reason, you know. Yes, yes, probably. You're probably right. Um, Michael, thank you so much for your time. I just have one more question. Um, we know how the first fight went. It didn't go your way. A lot of people were shocked by the result. What is your prediction for the fight this time around when you meet Scott Askham next weekend? I don't know what will be the finish, but my hands will be raised to the to the top after the the fight for sure. 
Michael, I cannot wait to see it. And thank you so much for joining us. It's a true honor. You are truly you, one of I'm the great fighters in KSW. My, English, my hope so the, the fans will be understand my 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 feelings. I did, no, your English is fantastic. I'm I'm very, very oh. impressed. Okay. Thank you very <laughs> much for your time. Thank you, Michael. All the best. And thank you very much to Michael Materla who goes for the middleweight crown this weekend against Scott Askham, who has been in serious, serious form with KSW, it has to be said. What did you ask him? Oh, ask oh. him and he'll tell you. Oh. Uh. <sighs> tell you, the one-liners just keep coming here, guys. It's non-stop. Uh, it's a nice little card there. We'll get onto that in a minute. We're going to take a look at what's happening next week now. Um, the UFC in Rochester, we have Danny Roberts is the only hot European chocolate. hot chocolate himself coming off that controversial loss to Claudio Silva in in London, should I say. Um, he takes on Mr. Highlight Reel himself, uh, Pereira, who has been uh, been a, vi- a viral kind of um, guy for his last few performances. Highly spectacular. <laughs> viral a viral guy. guy. Yeah. Kind of sounds like he has an illness, doesn't it? Jesus. Oh, you doorboard. Listen, Too much he, tindering for him, mate. Yeah. <laughs> well, viral in the sense that he has lots of spectacular oh, uh, performances. Jesus, that was great. I know. That's the end of the year. The Highlight viral real, guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a big card uh, in terms of the main event. It kind of strikes me the same way as Ia Quinta and Cowboy did, as in the main event is carrying a lot of the interest here. Would you agree? Yeah, and the interesting thing I don't think people are talking about here is... These two guys have been massive advocators for the 165-pound division. Mm. Will they both weigh in at 165 pounds on fight night? That's what I think is going to happen here. What? I would not be surprised if they did it. Why would they do that, though? Because they are so keen on getting this belt. They're, they're two of the guys, the big advocators of, of that. Why wouldn't they do it? If it, they both agree on it They'd have to agree, but, but that's I mean... That's what I mean, they might have. They'd nearly want to have money down that, like, if you don't do this, I'm getting half your purse because if... To come in at 170 yeah. for a 165... Like, yeah. 165 for a 174 but is the, a massive advantage. These two guys have been big advocators for this uh, weight class. That would be so in. cool if they did that. Yeah, and, and let's see what happens. I wouldn't totally rule that out, man. Yeah, who do you ha- who do you fancy there? Because I think... I think Lee. Do you, yeah? yeah I don't... I, look, I, mean, I don't... I don't really fancy him, to be honest. I think... Kevin Lee and the weight cuts issues that he was having. I think we saw that in the last fight yeah. against Ali Kinta. And against it's Tony Ferguson, the staff him, and everything. It's man. sapping him. And I think this weight class will be a lot better for him. And I think we're going to see a more relentless Kevin Lee because he is really relentless when he gets going. He's, he's in your face. His Remember Belfast? so good. Yeah. It, Crazy. Th- those kind of performances. And listen, obviously Desanios is, is, you know, a very, very tough, you know, former champion, uh, lightweight a guy that's a nightmare to fight. It's it's a really, really close fight. But I just think we're going to see a different Kevin Lee fighting at this weight class. Uh, a more relentless Kevin Lee. Um, and I fear um, for Desanyos in this fight. I just think we're going to see... Kevin, Kevin Lee is a chip on his shoulder as well, man. Not a nice guy to be in there with. And he does. Yeah, yeah. You feel like this is... like a, It's a, a big kind of move for him. And, and you get the feeling that a lot of people expect him to feature in the kind of higher echelons of that division. And this is a huge one for career trajectory man this one because Desanius isn't getting any younger Kevin's young enough relatively young this is a big moment for both guys here but when you look at who Desanius has lost to at 170 it's a who's who like I mean it's Colby Covington and Cameron Usman the champion and the, and the, the former interim champion um, you know he's beaten Robbie Lawler that decision win was very impressive um, Neil Magny submitted him uh, maybe Safadine wasn't as, as impressive as those ones but um, it, it you know, it's not a it's not a gimme by any cha- by any no, stretch no, of the no, imagination. No. I'd say, you know, um, 
Jos Anjos, is he even in the rankings at the moment? Uh, he's number two, he's number three actually. So that's a huge, huge um, fight for for Kevin Lee. Really, like what what does it say to you if Lee wins this fight? Where do you put him next? Do you put him right up in that that? Oh yeah. Do you Tyron Woodley kind of sort oh, situation? Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You have to. You're you're going in there beating as you said number three ranked welterweight in the world and Rafael dos Anjos. You have to be considered. It's it's a no brainer. Imagine the shit talk between Kevin Lee and Darren Till. Unbelievable. Imagine the shit talk between Kevin Lee and the Colby Covington as well. There's Imagine the shit there. talk between Kevin Lee and Ben Askren. Oh, there you go. It's, it's brilliant. It, you, know, the, you probably don't have to imagine that. You probably, it's probably already on Twitter. It's fantastic. You know, and listen, I like Kevin a lot. He's, he's, he is a good addition, he's, actually, he's, isn't he? He's a really nice guy outside of that facade that he puts on. Um, the cheeky, choppy, lovely fella. But uh, there is fights there to be made. And, and, and listen, maybe for the better of mixed martial arts, it, it might be better if we see Kevin Lee winning because he's a, he's, a, he's a guy that can put bums in seats, in my opinion. Absolutely. And what about that main that co-main event, Neil Magny and Vincent Luque? Vincente, should I say. Uh, Vincente Luque. He's been on quite a tear, man. He's on a four-fight winning streak. Nico Price, Chad Laprise, Yaline Turner, uh, Brian Barberina. He's quite, always on a streak, but then he comes up against someone who's in the Leon Edwards. On, and yeah, it's just... Yeah. Like, so do you think Neil Neil Magny is gonna do him? No, I could see I could see Neil Magny's face getting planted off here by Vincente Luque, and he's, he's good in the ground too. Strong, that can absolutely smash you and, and really hurt you. We saw that obviously against Brian Barberina last time out. It's an interesting fight here. I think I think if he tags Magny and tags him good, which I think he will, within the three, I think it could be lights out for Magny here. Another man who's on a bit of a tear is Ian Heinish. He didn't get to fight Tom Breeze in London as uh, yeah. Tom Breeze's eleventh hour withdrawal, as we know. Um, this is a big test, man. Antonio Carlos Jr. He's a guy who's floating Fantor. under the radar. He, he's floating under the oh, radar, yeah. man. He's a beast. He is a savage. There is beasts in that division that are flying under the radar at the moment. It's oh one yeah, of those divisions. That's it's like the evolution of welterweight bantamweight. These guys are knocking on the door, and it takes one performance like this to really put them in the spotlight. Yeah, he's just that. That could be a huge one. For, I think yeah. either guy, whoever wins that, given that it's middleweight, I think it's a huge, oh, you know, yeah, huge definitely. situation for either guy. Um, yes, uh, I like Oliveira and Lance there as well. I think that's um, a lovely fight. Yeah, on the main stylistically, card. you know, if you, if you're a jits guy, Charles Oliveira always a pleasure and wonder to watch. And Nick Lance just won't stop coming, yeah, man. He's a he's a he's like a, a flying shit. Uh, pardon the French. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a good fight for me. Megan Anderson and Felicia Spencer. Do you feel like you know when you're in a situation like Anderson's, like do you feel like you know you're only one win away from getting a, a shot at the title because they are so kind of lacking yeah, talent? But you're also one sh- loss away from being totally irrelevant. Yeah, um, you know, and she's already had one loss. This is a big, big fight for her opponent. Hasn't lost. Um, She's never fought in the UFC. Yeah, either. that's 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 what I was going to say. The next issue, so we don't. She really is know another what. Invicta former champion as well. Um, so, uh, I, don't, I haven't really been following Invicta in the last couple of years. I used to be a big, big fan of Invicta. Just haven't really with the mass amount of mixed martial arts yeah. that is on. It's hard Jesus, to consume everything. But yeah, listen, Megan Anderson. You know, I don't think she's ever beaten. I call her Megan, didn't I? Um, the top couple of fighters. She's just too sloppy, in my opinion, going forward with her striking leaves her. Um, self wide open to be hit and she's been tagged on numerous men of occasions in past fights that we've seen I just think that maybe Megan Anderson is where she is at the moment and I think there's a very valid reason behind it because I don't think she's good enough to win a world title in uh, in the UFC she beat Katzengano yeah but let's be honest controversial yeah Austin Hubbard v. Davi uh, Ramos kicks off the main card. Aspen Ladd and Sahari Love Eubanks. That is a really good fight. It's a high quality scrap right there. Wow. That um, is a really good fight. Let's just hope both ladies, um, you know, um, can get on the scales and, and, uh, 
and uh, mate wait. So it's going to be interesting. I think they're about. I think this has gone up to 135. Yes, for that's Aspen. right. So yeah, hopefully they'll. You know, it should be plain sailing for both of them. But um, yeah, listen, very big um, believer and very high in Aspen lad. I followed her career through Invicta Fighting Championships. Uh, potential world champion there at her age. Great attitude as well. Um, fascinating fight, and obviously Sajara Eubanks. We've seen have a number of issues as well um, in terms of uh, the cutting process and obviously pulled out of that ultimate fighter finale. So this is a really high-level fight and it's a big, big fight for both ladies. Uh, Des Green takes on Charles Jordan. Um, Pereira v. Roberts, as we'll talk to talk about in a few minutes. Trezano v. Dawson. Uh, Pat Cummins v. Ed Herman. Trevor Giles v. Zach Cummings. And Julio Arca versus Julian Arosa of uh, Tough Fame. V. Artem Loboff, as most people know. And even Paddy Pimblett. Yeah. Um, but Pereira v. Roberts. Um, Roberts needs... A big win and given the heat that Pereira has coming into this debut with all these spectacular showings he's put on. Yeah, you're chatting about him. It could be a it could be a great scalp for him, you know. And Danny's very technical with his striking, whereas Michael seems to be far more kind of loose towards the flashy kind of side of things. So it could be a good fight for him. I, I think it's definitely gonna be a fantastic fight to watch. Like if you've seen Pereira it's kind of like having Raymond Daniels in there. You know what I mean? He's spinning through the air doing all types of crazy shit. So I I think the fight will deliver whoever wins. Yeah, no, looking forward to it. I always like Danny. Um, love watching Danny fight. Always an exciting fight. But, the, you know, I don't want to say it bad, but the one that always stands out is, is Manchester. I just can't get, ever get he out of my head. He fought well in that fight, Perry. Like- I, I did, but, yeah, he did. But, you know, seeing him after and stuff, it's just it's just hard to get out of your head when you... Yeah, when you see a guy, so same so with Rory McDonald and that Robbie Lawler yeah. fight. You know, when he walked by us, that was a vision, horrific. Yeah, um, so yeah, that would be a big win. It's I like, po- it's like po- PTSD. I thought you were gonna say it was Almost. like Pokemon. I was you like, just, what? You can never get out of your head. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tough. A religious experience. Um, KSW forty nine goes down on Saturday night in Dansk, uh, Poland. Um, as we said, and as we just spoke to Michael Materla takes on Scott Asman again. It, like, I mean, Scott Askham dealt with him so quickly that last that last time with the body kick. He's finished two guys with body kicks now. Um, but I feel like Materla really needs to take the fight to the ground to really test Scott, mm. to really kind of have an advantage over him. So that's going to be interesting to see. I'm so buzzing for this co-main event, man. Roberto Saldic versus Christian Kajibowski. Um, two guys who have featured on my prospects list, one in 2018, Saldic, and the other this year, Kajibowski. Saldic is an animal. Yeah, I just can't uh, look. I see Christian seven and oh, Solid fifteen and three. Solid is what twenty two. Experience here, Pete. Yeah, so experienced for yeah. such a young guy, and just so big. Um, I feel like it's only a matter of time before Solid goes up to middleweight because he's so huge. I know he, he took some extra precautions for that Droikas rematch, but he looks sensational, and I think it's a, I think it's a very tough one for a seven and oh prospect who's fought twice in mm-hmm. KSW mm-hmm. to go in and against this guy. Like I mean, Solid went in and take out took out Mankowski in his debut. That doesn't happen. Like that's that's so unbelievable yeah. for a guy to arrive in and do that. It, it's crazy, and that's how he won the polar support. Of course, Kajabowski be taking all that momentum if he wins it too. But um, I can't look past Solid. I never really do, do I? No, no, I don't blame me. The guy's an absolute killer. He's a beast, man. He's a beast. Carl Badoff and Damian Grabowski. If someone gets a big finish there in this heavyweight fight, they could be putting themselves next in line for Phil DeFreeze. I think the plan was to do um, Ishii, but Ishii has now joined the PFL. So there goes that idea. That would have been a good rematch. I think Grabowski, probably more likely if he gets the win, he's he's more chance of being in line because, of course, Phil DeFreeze has already beaten Badoff, but... Uh, you know, Badoff has the longest title reign in KSW history, so there's no point in ruling that man out. Uh, Erko Jones back in action. The uh, 
influencer bodybuilder turned fighter <laughs> in typical KSW fashion. Uh, that should be fantastic. When's uh, Norman fighting for KSW? He's fighting at this card. Oh, he yeah. is on this card. All right, yeah. So he's taking on Soztak, uh, Erko Yun. I feel like Erko Yun, who's 2-0 and now, he could be the guy that will face Martin Forge. You know that lunatic they yeah. signed, the big, huge guy, the monster. He could be next in line to fight fight him. Anton Rakic, Anton Rakic even, is back in action against Politilo um, at 135. Martin Zawada has a 205 meeting with Thiago Silva. Like, this card is stacked, man. And then, um, of course, Norman Park and Arthur Sawinski. Norman Park is on a bit of a tear at the moment. He got that win over Mankowski last time. This fight is at a catch weight of 163. Like, do you expect... KSW to just keep on making these catchweight fights for Norman. I don't. I think he's going to have to commit one way yeah, or the he, other. He's going to have to. It's been gone on for. Listen, we know Norman for God knows how long, and 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 ever since his tenure in the UFC, he's had massive weight cutting issues. And mm. you know, when does it stop? When does it end? You have to select where you're going to fight at, and I think Norman is is literally needs to make a decision now. He's a pretty indecisive guy. You know, we get on well with Norman, but yeah. finds it hard to make up his mind sometimes. If you want to even do an interview with him, but. Yeah, Norman, make a decision here. Uh, I don't think KSW are going to keep, um, you know, facilitating his requests. But there's a problem here, right, that I see is, like, even when you saw him against Mankowski, Mankowski's size was like, oh, holy shit here. Look yeah. at Saldic. Yeah, Saldic is like, a, he's like a, he's like a refrigerator. Like. Yeah, So if you want to, you want to put, Sol- like, if you want to look at Norman competing at 170, you've got to look at him up towards the top of the division. And against a guy like Saldic, or even Duplessis, who was committed to middleweight now. I think he's finished with 170. But those guys are fucking... Massive. Just enormous. Massive. I think yeah, Norman is one of these guys. He needs a 165-pound division. He's, yeah. he's one of those guys. Um, definitely the older. He's got as well. He's found a hard to cut weight. But yeah, like why would Martin Lewandowski keep making exceptions for Norman Park? It doesn't work like that. No, no. It, it does, doesn't. doesn't work like that. I think he's got to commit one way or the other. But they want him in a division so they can have a, you know, a clear... Um, sort of path in their mind where they see Norman Park going or what they want him to do. That's what a promoter does. That's what you have to envisage things like that. And Norman's not doing himself any favours at the moment, I think, here. You no. know, having catchweight bouts. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, elsewhere on the KSW 49 card, uh, Michael Andrzejczyk, uh, the man who fought Phil DeFries for that title, takes on Luis Enrique, a UFC vet. And Krakowski v Dubois kicks off the action. I really can't wait for that card. I love KSW cards. It just feels so different to the UFC. And that's what... I like to see a promotion do something completely different. And I think they do it better than anyone. And they're coming up to that big 50th show. I'm sure they're going to probably announce it during this broadcast stadium, sure and that's gonna it might be a somewhere. stadium could be an international location yeah. who knows um i want to be there anyway because we've only been to one ksw show yeah in dublin yeah it's crazy i really I, i'd nearly go over for the crack yeah I, I think we should try and get to 50 if we can yeah. um uh, I so think it'd be just 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 brilliant um you know especially if it was in a stadium again like yeah. the, the, you know do one in lodge or, or and as material said that was the reason he didn't sign for the ufc he wants to be a part of that stadium show oh yeah Coliseum. and when there's sixty thousand people there i mean you can't blame the guy can you Yeah, 100%. a huge star was born um right well we have talked to michael earlier and now let's go to our last guest of the afternoon it is of course brendan lochnane who we can finally talk about competing on that dana yeah, white tuesday exactly. night contender series i was so happy when that was announced yeah, the car was like time. thank god we can talk about this um really brilliant to speak to brendan one of our favorites we've had him on for brendan, so long no, we know him a long time yeah, and, and you know it's just so long since 2012 people have been saying get this man back in the ufc it's finally happening i ask him how it feels that it's finally happening 
does he feel slighted that he has to go the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series route? Um, the Don't app- tell them anymore. Let them listen. And of course, Dominic Cruz, how much of an impact he had on the, the whole situation, yeah, given that they're training partners. So we'll be back in about 15 minutes. Great to speak to Brendan, a fantastic lad, and I can't wait to see that European flag flying high in Las Vegas. And, adver- and as advertised, we are finally joined by Brendan Lochnane, who has finally been given that opportunity to impress the UFC brass. It has been announced that his fight with Bill Algio goes down on Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series on eight, on the 18th of June, I believe. And I'm just so happy that I can finally talk to this man about this. Brendan, how are you, my friend? Well, it's a sunny day in Manchester. I finally got my shout again. So, yeah, it's not bad at all, to be honest, mate. What is the atmosphere like there after City's win? How does it feel, the whole uh, shift in dynamic? It's usually the United supporters who are living it up over there this time of year. You know what? All the United supporters are so poorly now. They're walking around. <laughs> just devastated about it. But you know what? It's good for Manchester. It's good for the city that, uh, you know, there's good competition around there now. But there's a real good buzz in the city at the minute. And uh, yeah, it's been good. Well, got, let's, let's get on to the pressing issue. I mean, this has been so long coming, man. Like, I mean, it feels like years we've been shouting from the hilltops that the UFC need to give you a chance. How good does it feel that you're finally going to get this opportunity to impress? Fucking hell, I mean, like you say, it's been a long time coming, this. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of missed opportunities last year, the PFL, and then I was going to jump in on short notice, give up 20, 30 pound again, like the Healy thing, and then I just stuck by my guns and waited for the right opportunity and it did present itself in the end and uh, good things come to those who wait and I'm just glad that I did wait and I got my opportunity at my own weight I got a full camp and that's all I really needed and, and uh, the rest will be history you know, it's it's crazy when you think about it. it. Was all the way back in 2012, the last time you competed in the UFC, and and there's been many thrills and spills along the way since then. Uh, as any European MMA fan will know, was there ever a time where you were like, you know, I'm just going to pack this in? Like, I mean, your record spoke for itself for so long, and the opportunity wasn't coming. Was there ever any that ever any a, a time where you were kind of like, you know, I might as well jack this in because I've done absolutely everything I can to get back there. No, I mean, well, to be honest, there was one time, it was after the Duke and Wire, because I was told there was a UFC contract waiting after that one too. Mm. So that was like, that one done made him because I did enough to win that fight. And then it was like, wow, been robbed here. I have to start again. Then I got all the way to Healy again. And it was the same again. Then I got, it was Mike. Then it was Tom. Then it was Healy. And it was the same story. It was like getting to the top of the hill and starting over again. And honestly, that was getting so old that I thought, fuck, this is the last run now. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I just went on a crazy run knocking everyone out. And then, like I said, that Healy thing happened again. But then I already knew that I was right there. I thought, don't matter now. That, that That's irrelevant. You know, I know I give up a lot of weight and that. And didn't really matter. So I just thought, yeah, I'm here now. I'm at the top of the pile. Everyone knows who I am. And, yeah, I mean, like I say, the closest was Duke. And I took about six months after that one. And I had to really reassess things. But, you know, my coach gave me time and said, you know, go away. Do what you got to do. And... I've got a natural fire inside my belly for this fight. I'm a fighter through and through, and uh, I will see it out till the end, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. No, there's no doubt about you being a, a true fighter. I don't think anybody doubts that. But, you know, was there opportunities, like, you know, when we see all these UK signings to, to Bellator and stuff like that, like, it seemed obvious to me that they would be trying to get you involved. Um, was Did that conversation ever take place? And did you forgo that opportunity because you felt like it could obscure your re-entry into the UFC? 
I had Bellator, a 1FC, a PFL. Um, all them contracts were on the table in writing, do you know what I mean? And I was ready for all of them. And I was ready for the UFC, though. That's that's the one thing I wanted to do. I even bumped into Ray Seffo in the UFC PI. Um, and that was random because we've only ever spoke through email. And then he was like, he's like, come on, man, take this million dollars. What are you doing? And I was like, nah. And I still, at that point, didn't even know if I was going to get even on the contender. It was all just like, yeah, we'll give you the next chance we can give you. And I just thought... Fuck man, and that was a really hard. That was a really difficult decision. That one to yeah. pass up that, and I and I got to like the last second, and they were like, "Look, we we're gonna have to move on." And I was like, "Okay, cool." And I still had no opportunities uh, with the UFC, and then all of a sudden, I was in Dom's house, got a text through. Right, here's his date, here's his opponent. I went bang, wow. sweet. So it was like, right, okay, now we got a date, got an opponent. It was something like I knew 13, 14 weeks out. So I've known for like the last three months, two months. So uh, as you know me anyway, I train all the time. I've just upped my training and uh, never been so ready for a shot in my life. So you will see the best Brendan in there. So I'm buzzing. Buzzing, it's all come like to fruition at the end like this. Yeah, it's great. It's absolutely, it's a brilliant story. And, and you know, on Dom Cruz, I heard him on uh, Ariel Hawani's MMA show on ESPN talking about you. You know, this is a guy that you're very good friends with, a, a, a very keen training partner with. But, you know, how instrumental was Dom in, in making this happen? Do you feel like he played a big part in this? Yes and no. My record speaks for itself for number one. Yes. Um, for, no, for number two, it obviously doesn't help, you You know, your you PR when you're training with Dominic Cruz every day. Mm. Uh, and, you know, he did He did push the right buttons and got me in the place I needed to go. Um, but ultimately, it was my hard work and fucking 18 pro fights. That, that kind of did well. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so... So uh, you know, um, I feel like with me, I've got, I've been, I've had one of the unluckiest runs, really, with with decisions and and not missed opportunities and things like that. But I don't know. I just feel like twenty nine in my prime. It all came round at the right time, and, and now it's like I don't think there's any stopping me now. I fought all the best guys now. I've been been in higher weight classes, lower weight classes. I've tried and tested training methods, trained all over the world, and I know what's what. I know you know I'm training with. With Jeremy Stevens and Miles Dorio, both top ten UFC fighters at my weight, so I kind of know where I'm at, sort of thing. And uh, you know, I've got, I feel like I've got that whole gym behind me. I've got the whole of Manchester behind me. I feel like I'm the next poster boy for the UK now. Once I get in there, honestly, I do. Yeah, no, it's a, it's absolutely a possibility, and we know how many fans you have here over here already. But is there any part of you that was like, what? Why do I have to do Dana White's Contender Series? I've proven myself uh, as one of the standout talents in Europe time and time again. Was there any part of you like, oh, I don't really want to go this way about it? Or are you happy to um, go with that stage because you know you're going to deliver when the when when the fight comes around? Well, there's two ways of looking at this show. Uh, the first one was I could have waited out for another opportunity, a prelim. Um, but me and Dom sat down, we talked about it, and said, look, Brendan, this this show gets aired and watched by a lot of people. Mm. A lot of people watch this show. It's a big show. And he said, it, you've already got your UK audience. This is a big show in America. It's a good chance to build your American audience straight away. And obviously, everyone believes in me. Like, it's not going to matter who they're going to put in front of me until I start looking at top 15 guys, really. So this Bill Algio, like, I, can, I feel like I can just get through these guys. So... Uh, I, I don't even feel like I'm fighting for a contract. I feel like I've got the contract and this is my first fight. So that's <laughs> how I'm looking at this. Honestly, that's how I'm looking at it. So with the kind of shape and form that I'm in, there's not really anyone they're going to put in front of me until we get to the top 15, I think. 
Yeah, yeah, and, and to Aljo's credit, like, I mean, he has won regional titles, he's won the Ring of Combat belt over there. Like, this is this is no walk in the park, but I'm sure you'd have it no other way. You want to go in and show these guys what you can do against high-caliber opposition. Well, they, they already know this, Bill Aljo. I mean, they picked him. They, he's the next thing in America, really. He's the next guy, so I'm buzzing that. They already all know who he is over there. He's already got a good following, Bill Aljo, and, and when I go in and take him out, and be like, right, this kid's for real rather than... Both getting some unknown guy who's three and four and all. No one really knows him or anything. Or you just beat a bum on the contender. No, this guy's ranked. This guy's on a four-fight win streak. Knocked a lot of people out. Black belt in jiu-jitsu. Fully legitimate fighter. So they're the type of guys I'm going to be fighting in the future. And I want to be fighting. So I want, I want to go in, make a spectacle against him and move on from there. And like I say, build my American audience. I'll have Dominic in my corner. And, you know, I just think I think the stars are written for me now. And uh, like I say, with um, Bisping retiring, Ross retiring, uh, the UK market's just opening up now, so I feel like now's my time. Yeah, and I mean, what kind of message do you think it sends if you go in here and, and you know, get a finished win like we know that you do uh, absolutely most of the time anyway? Like, I mean, do you feel like, you know, when they see what you can do, you're a fantastic striking Arsenal, do you think uh, business is going to pick up a lot for you? Well, I've got a 75% knockout ratio, so <laughs> there's a good... 75% knockout ratio. If I don't knock you out, you're going to try and split decision with me. So that's, <laughs> that, that's kind of how Brendan Lockney's career has gone. If I don't knock you out because you've got a meeting, you're definitely going to get to a split decision. Um, but no, no, no. Uh, I feel like at 145, um, yeah, there's not many that are going to take the power. Like I said, I've been fighting at 55 and knocking people out. So I think at 145, once a good shot lands. And what I really needed, if I'm honest with you, when I fought Mike Wilkinson, we had an absolute barn burner in the UFC. And Sean Shelby and Dana White weren't at that show. And I really do believe if they were there watching that fight live, they would have kept me on for that. But they wasn't. And, you know, the, 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 you know, Dana probably didn't even watch that show, to be honest. So really, I'm introducing myself to Dana now on his show. I'm going, right. Here's this young kid who was a young kid, went away, gained six years of experience, fought all over the world, Germany, Dublin, all Greece, all over, gained experience, and now I'm coming back as a fully grown man with a real guy in my corner who wouldn't put someone bullshit on. He's going to tell you the truth. This kid's got talent, and he's going to go in, and he's going to do what he's going to do, and it's only up to me to provide it now. And so far in my career, I've shown that I can provide it. So, no, I feel like, like I say, the stars are written for me. Absolutely. You know, I, I got to ask you about um, the unexpected news we all got last night about Tom Dukenwa. For those of you who don't know, uh, Brendan and, and Tom had a legendary fight in Dublin. The decision is debated to this day. Um, you can sp- you can start a pub war by bringing up this fight in any part of Europe, really. <laughs> but, um, you know, Tom came away with the win that night, and a lot of people dispute uh, that they think you should have won. But seeing that he uh, retired yesterday, Brendan, how did that make you feel? I'm sure in your heart of hearts you always wanted to redo that with uh, Tom and go back through it, even though he dropped down to bantamweight. Yes and no, but it was a massive surprise, you know. Like, 25 years, he's got the world at his feet. He's, 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 he's you know, he's a great fighter. He's good in all areas. And I did kind of get, I don't know if you follow him on Instagram, which mm. I'm kind of getting that feeling like, what's this guy doing? He's not fought in a while. And very tough to walk away from this sport. But I've got a lot of respect and admiration for him. If he's found happiness outside of fighting, 
respect to the man. I hope, wish him the best of luck. Absolutely no hard feelings and uh, thanks for the memory. Yeah, and I, I think that is something that people don't really understand. Like, you've always kind of said, look, Tom's a gentleman. Um, it's not him that you're upset with. It was, it was the judges that night, right? Not even that. You know, I'm so over that fight now. I mean, I'm so past that, and I believe that it was all, all happened for a reason. I mean, look where I am now. Mm. I'm getting back to the UFC when I'm in my prime era. So I feel like then I was far too younger than experienced. Anyway, it would have been two or three fights and never again. Rather than I got a little brush, little brush with the UFC, I got the Tom Dukenwell fight, I had to rebuild, and I feel like now I've gained all the experience and now's the time. So I thank God for, for putting me in this position. I know this will mean a lot to uh, Manchester in general to have you back in there, but I mean, are, are you planning to head back to the US before this fight starts? Are you going to spend the last couple of weeks with Dom before uh, the fight takes place, or what's your plan? So the general feeling is I did six months at Alliance this year. Um, yeah. Holy shit, that's uh, yeah, a lot. Well, four, five months. And then I came home once I got the contract because I'm not training with my coach I've had back here from day one. Um, Tony Musa? So yeah, 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 yeah. So, so yeah, I've missed him. So I've been coming back and I'll be here for like the next, I'll be here for 10 days. 10 days before the fight, I'll be flying out. Uh, the only reason was, I know Darian got a big fight, Jeremy Miles, mm. a couple of guys got big fights. So I know that, you know, uh, they, they're getting prime attention right now so that's absolutely fine. I understand how these gyms work and uh, yeah, it's been, it's been good coming back home and I've been, Bringing in uh, Mark Glover, Tim Barnett, um, Jordan Barton, bringing in young, hungry, undefeated fighters, you know, to spar with, and uh, basically just fighting them to the death. <laughs> so uh, I've been, I've been, I've searched out Pilagio style. He's a tall guy, striking jiu-jitsu. So I've just like gone around the country and thought, right, you're good, good records, and then I've just been messaging them and bringing them in five fives MMA. So I brought in like specific sparring. Like I say, I'm 11 years deep in this game now. There's not much more you're going to see or do. So it's about getting my tools sharp, seeing what build does well, working on what we think is going to work in the fight. And that's basically what I've been doing. That's why I've come back to do that. Do, do you know who's going to be in your corner that night, Brendan? Have you decided that yet? It'll be Tony, uh, Eric Delfiero and Dom Cruz. Oh, wow. That's, that's an all-star lineup right there, isn't it? Oh, mate, I'm over the moon. Yeah, yeah, I'm buzzing, I'm buzzing. But like I say, they've got so much faith and hope in me for this fight too, so... I'm not the type of guy to let people down either. There've been no split decisions. There've been no points. There've been no judges needed in this one. Trust me. Is is that all powers gym still there in Stockport? The uh, it's kind of in an old building. It's a it's a beautiful gym. Is that still there? Is that still where Tony works out of? Still there, but I've give over the reins now. Um, Carl Prince takes over the MMA. Panikas has got the tie boxing. Far too busy with the last couple of years of my career. Now I want to be out of this by 33, 34. So. You know, uh, me and I you too, Brandon. Real... <laughs> no, mate, I feel like I've been in it forever. I'm getting grey hairs and everything now. So uh, I want to, uh, I want to have a really good run at this UFC now. Train full time. At least I know I give it my all for this fight now. And uh, yeah, go with that road really. And then coaching will always be there. Brendan, absolutely brilliant to talk to you. I'm, I'm absolutely delighted for you. And I know Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series is going to have record numbers tuning in for Europe when you take uh, to the Octagon that night. So congratulations, and I can't wait to see it. And I'm sure I'll speak to you again afterwards. Has anyone else from England done it? Yeah. I don't think so, no. And like that's that's what I'm kind of saying. I always hoped that this would open up an opportunity for Europeans to go over. And I, I couldn't think of a, a more perfect guy than you to go over there and represent us, you know? Yeah, I think I'm the only... You know what? After thinking back now, because I've seen UFC Europe post it today, 
Mm. And uh, I was thinking, oh, wow, I don't actually think another Englishman has done it. So it is groundbreaking again, really, yes. isn't it? Yes, and I don't think many Europeans get the chance at all, unless it's like a, maybe a Russian who's competing over in the US on that scene. So it's a huge deal, man. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. That's why waiting out for them prelims, that's why I did turn down them prelims at, at, at 155 and stuff on like six days notice. I was like, nah, man, I want, a, I want a real shot at my own weight. And uh, I feel like this this has just popped up. And uh, with Bill Aljo, he does like to exchange and get involved in the striking. Tasty. And that opens that opens me up perfect for a good knockout. So, uh, <laughs> like I say, this this one will be written in the stars. Trust me. Brilliant, Brendan. Come here. I know you'll probably have to rush off to another training session. You never seem to stop training. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much again for this. Uh, I really can't wait for it, man. Buzzing. Thanks. Nice to talk to you guys again, always. All the best, man. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. And thank you very much to Brendan Lochnane. Um He says Manchester's buzzing after City won. Would you believe that? Ugh. Not happy with that? Nah, it's just been, it's just been a painful season. I, I'm just really looking forward now to the Champions League final. So it just ends so we know whether Liverpool will win or not. My dad's a Spurs, Spurs man. I hope Spurs win. I have a lot of Spurs uh, fans as friends. Um, Spurs fans as friends? Spurs fans. Oh, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Yeah, Sorry, I just I processed that wrong. Okay. So, I hate Liverpool. I'm not going to lie. Um, I have a lot of twat Liverpool. I hate Liverpool. It's a great um, city. Have you ever been to Liverpool? Yeah, I'm not mad to be honest. What? For Manchester. It's an unreal uh, city, man. <laughs> I love both of them. Um, so, yeah, I just want the season. It's been horrific. It's been it's been tough. So, I just want it to end, Pizzi. And I hope it ends very, very soon because I'm getting very frustrated with Manchester United Football Club. I hope Paul Pogba just goes. I can't stand the guy. Wow, wow. Um, you know, i got to ask you, uh, because there has been another Game of Thrones that I haven't seen, the the penultimate episode of the whole uh, thing, and you still think it's shit? Yeah. Shit, would you go as far as there? Well, maybe not. It's, it's a big it, pile of steaming brown. The latest episode, if you're, obviously people, you know, they'll, they'll have probably seen it. I haven't. Tomorrow. Um, it's on tonight. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's good. It's grand. It's, it is what it is, really. I think this season hasn't been as good. Um, as it could have been I think last week's episode was brilliant this week's again sort of bit of a shtick in the mud again not great um, just watch it yourselves and what about it. Tinder how's that going for you unbelievable really yeah change a few pictures and you're laughing eh? topless yeah and flexing and shit and with the tash no tash well I was going to say like if, if Twitter if Tinder was negative again for you I'd be like maybe you're the problem no it wasn't <laughs> very positive experience excellent <laughs> do you have any plans for this weekend Noiler no, I'm off to a stag in a few weeks. So I need to watch my pocket now. I'm mm. going to Porto. One of my mates getting it's married. Beautiful place, man. In, have you been? No, just seeing pictures. Yeah, no, it looks. Everyone says it's amazing. So we're going over on the fifth of June, staying for the weekend and stuff like that. And then I'm staying on the next few days because it was actually cheaper nearly with the flights. The yeah. flights were like four hundred to go on the Thursday back on the Sunday. So I made of mine Mossy, um, John brother. Uh, I've seen some great videos. We're going on the we're going on the Thursday, and we're coming back on the Thursday because it's actually it's actually working out cheaper to stay on. That's mad, isn't so, it? So um, that's sort of where it is. But the only thing is, I found out this: two of the games of the Nations League are on in Porto. Oh, brilliant! Semi final on the Wednesday, which is Russia and Portugal, nice. and then the final is on there on the Sunday. So it could be fucking England and Portugal. That'd be the class. Final. Um, I don't think it'd be class if there's a lot of English fans coming into town. 
they're lovely people. Yeah, they're lovely people. Yeah, but they're a bit a bit boisterous. They're all football fans. They're a bit eh? boisterous. I've been self. to many football games, so I might actually, to be honest with you, I might actually work at that game if I can on on the Sunday. Um, if it does come to fruition that England play Portugal in the final because England are playing Netherlands in the semi-final there it'd just be a great experience the Estadio the Dragao in Portugal Porto. beautiful beautiful. beautiful. So I heard it's cool I'm looking forward to it and uh, I'm sure I'll be dying with a hangover about a week after that alright so let's just put this one to you who do you sign if you're Manchester United for next season who don't you sign and who don't you get out I think just name one person to sign just get the players out first of all it's a mass who do you get out they need to cleanse the club Listen, you have to look at Paul Pogba. I think we saw some videos there yesterday. Shirt thought that was off. incredibly disrespectful. Uh, yeah, incredibly. You've got out that who Alex Ferguson. No, 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 no. Not disrespectful, Pogba. The guy screaming at him. But there was actually other videos that came out that you, we, uh, there was other videos that circling around of Paul Pogba actually taking the piss out of the fans as well. Oh really? So yeah, and listen, I think you know Ed Woodward have said this for a long, long time. Has had seven seasons there at Old Trafford at the hierarchy. He's signed the wrong managers. He's brought in the wrong players. He has to take responsibility for this. The club needs cleansing from top to bottom. Um, a lot of trash in there. And I think in terms of players, Paul Pogba, if we look at Paul Pogba, you, you know, Ferguson that. was the one who got rid of him originally. Yeah. Um, and Mino Raiola, obviously Raiola is now is a world transfer ban. which is going I have to, no idea what you're talking it's, about anymore. It's, um, it's, it's going to be an issue, I think. But... You know, once Ferguson's getting rid of a player, don't ever bring him back. That's it's as simple as that. Um, God knows what he's doing, um, and Alex Ferguson, and I don't think Ed Woodward has uh, get rid of clean. Ashley Young, get rid of Phil Jones. Listen, the one thing I'll say about Ashley Young, he runs his arse off. Maybe not the most talented footballer sure. in the world, but there's other players there. You know, Ander Herrera's got a lot of praise he's this gone. week, and they've done a little goodbye video, which I thought was absolutely pathetic. The guy's been there four seasons. He's hardly started five games in a row. Uh, saying oh I love you Manchester all this rubbish like if you love the club you wouldn't be going to PSG maybe they didn't offer him the contract feck him see you later man right well that's enough on football angry you're, yeah you're very uh, angry the football, I've, I've you've got passion. fury in your eyes I have I have the passion I might even buy a season ticket here it is here it is here it is here it is why don't you take yourself to the gym with that passion and get back out in the Ireland squad yeah, I, I tell you what I need to start going. I haven't been to the fucking gym in about 10 years and I'm, I'm the heaviest I've ever been I'm feeling good now, oh, back in that exercise Jesus, routine. I'm angry with football. It's disturbed me. Well, look, it's been another beautiful week. Get on iTunes and fucking say... It has lots of energy. I think it's the sun out there. I just got to go out and uh, drink a lot of beer and just chill Fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, I do. I feel like that. And I'm off for a few days as well. So if we get a bit of a heat wave this week, I'm buzzing. Right. Well, listen, everybody, get on iTunes and say nice things. I'm actually going to be on the A-side this week with, um, oh, God, with Sean Alshadi. Poor Sean. Yeah, he's not looking forward to it. <laughs> sure he's not. They have to do a run-through with me just to make sure everything in my house works because uh, I doubt they trust me and I really don't trust myself. So I've asked them, like, will you just... Sure I showed you enough over the last feckin' year. I have your microphone, right? That will work that you plug into yeah, the... That's yeah, that's all you need to do and put the head... But you couldn't even manage to put exactly, the Exactly, exactly. There's some issues there Jesus as well. Christ. Where do you put the headphone jack? It's it's very diff- it's di- not difficult. Easy. It's It's a whole new thing for me, you know? I started off as a humble... A humble feature writer. Now I'm a Swiss army knife. But um, <laughs> that's how it goes. Uh, love is loads. Uh, hopefully Noel will be in a more positive frame of I'm mind. In, excuse me, I'm in great form. After Leinster's week. and Manchester United's disgraceful outings this oh, season. Um, an absolute disgrace to everyone that spent any time watching them play their game. Thank you very much to everybody. We love his loads, but just write a bleeding review on iTunes. All the best. Love is.